Hello and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists who are committed to planetary purpose or holistic visions for the earth. My name is Julian Guderlei, and today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Julia Plevin. Julia is an author and design entrepreneur. Her recent book is called The Healing Magic of Forest Bathing, Finding Calm, Creativity, and Connection in the Natural World. Julia is also the founder of the Forest Bathing Club, which is an international community of people connecting with nature as a way to heal themselves and the planet. Luxuriating in the forest lowers stress levels, increases creativity, improves immunity, and makes you more content and clear. So with these words, without any further ado, welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you in this interview and hear and learn about forest bathing. I love spending time in the forest. So what makes forest bathing such an epic phenomena right now? Yeah, it's been really awesome to watch how how much it's grown as a movement. Um, you know, even a couple of years ago, I mean, still today, a lot of people don't know what forest bathing is, but when I started the forest bathing club in 2015, no one knew what it was. And, um, but people would say, like, even not knowing, like, oh, I want that, like forest bathing, that sounds good. You know, and then of course, <laughs> the next question is like, do I need a bathing suit? <laughs> and no you know it's about bathing in the forest atmosphere and the term comes from the japanese word shinrin yoku which is a coin a term that was coined in the 1980s in japan when they first did all of this scientific research on the benefits of being in nature as a way to lower your heart rate cortisol um, stress levels you know even prevent cancer and boost your immunity. And since the 80s, there's just been so much more research on the benefits of being in nature and all this coming at a time in society where we're more disconnected than ever. You know, where we spend the majority of our waking hours indoors looking at screens. And there's, you know, um, more chronic ailments and um, mental health issues than ever before and a lot of this stems from the disconnection from nature so Absolutely, yeah. yeah it's exciting that you say people kind of didn't even know about it a few years ago and at the same time it's such a simple phenomena you're spending immersed time in in nature would, would you say this is something that that kind of came up as a trend because we need it so much or is it something that in some ways or shape or form has been around for thousands of years both totally um yeah so the term comes from the japanese word but really every every indigenous culture has their practices of being in nature and connecting to nature and it's only in modern society where we have lost that connection and it's actually you know on the level of evolution is like very short so for 99.9 percent .9 of human evolution we all spent our days walking on the earth, sleeping on the earth, you know, connected to the earth. And it's only been in this like recent blip where we are not connected. And so we're still evolved to be, you know, connected to nature. So we do need this. And it's like a remembering of, it's an ancient remembering. An ancient remembering. I love that. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more how you came to forest bathing and like maybe even what adversity you'd had to face to understand this is, this is your modality. This is your, your path. Yeah, for sure. 
So, you know, growing up, I people sometimes think like I must have grown up in the forest, which isn't true. I grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Um, always loved being in nature and, you know, hiking and as a runner and surfing and rock climbing, all these things. But it wasn't until I was living in New York City going to design school that I really became aware of the mental health effects of being disconnected from nature. Um, I had been diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease at age 18, and so I've done tons of different healing modalities, including being on antibiotics for four years, which then, you know, tons of like gut health issues, which then created anxiety and all. So I was, you know, this like ball of anxiety living in New York City um, when I realized the mental health effects of being disconnected from nature. And I saw that in myself. And then I saw, wow, so much of all health issues stem from this disconnection from nature. And then um, being in design school, my graduate thesis became all about this, the mental health effects of being disconnected from nature. But as designers, you know, okay, there's this problem, but like, what's the solution? And no matter what I read, it was always to reconnect to nature mm. is the way to heal. So, you know, I began asking the question, what does it mean to reconnect to nature in 2015? And that's what started the Forest Bathing Club. And that's what's really been driving my life for the past couple of years. And so what's changed for you in your life from this like diagnosis and like um, almost, you know, like chronic experiences of disconnection like what's changed since you you started asking this question yeah um so much so first i mean i left new york city left like a you know corporate consulting job moved back to san francisco um started this club on meetup.com just to see like if anyone else was interested in forest bathing forest bathing club quickly got covered and a lot of press. So it was in Business Insider and Quartz. Um, I got asked to write a book called, you know, about forest bathing. Literally, a publisher sent me an email asking if I wanted to write a book. Wow. Yeah, which is crazy story within itself. But then, you know, I moved then out of the city because San Francisco, you know, I needed more nature in San Francisco. And it's really, you know, it's led me to this point now where I'm like, um, about to embark on an adventure of spending a lot of time in wild places um, and it's like more it's like I keep needing more and more of this you know and then some like it's also affected how I eat eating closer to nature eating closer to the seasons um, how I dress you know like wearing more natural materials how I do my hair, like, no, I don't get hair highlights anymore, like trying to live a chemical free life, you know, so it actually begins to impact every part of life. Super interesting. I, I hear you on that. And it, it, similar things kind of happened in my journey when I started moving to Vancouver Island, like seven years ago, where there's just such an abundant uh, old growth forest around basically everywhere. Uh, would you say it has to do with like being almost like a um, a counterbalance to our highly advanced technological society that we're like there is a responsibility or maybe even a purpose in embracing our organic um, nature yeah totally you know it's funny because I um, I worked in tech startups in San Francisco and I 
started the Forest Bathing Club originally in San Francisco as this idea of like, these are people who are creating our future. And like, I want to see a future that's connected to nature. So I want to bring all of these people who are creating our future into nature so that they create from that place, which I believe is like the most connected, the most aligned and attuned. And when you create from there, you'll create and design products and innovations that serve more than just the human world. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I love hearing that. I think this is such a needed phenomenon. The more people get exposed to these topics, the more um, I, I feel like it naturally resonates with a lot of people um, that instead of just chasing this highly technological advancement is learning from nature and using those um, pieces of knowledge or what we're learning to then innovate into our society. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I believe that nature is the best designer and the best innovator, right? And we have so much to learn from nature. Um, and then also, you know, I kind of joke, I'm like, we can't transform beyond the earth. You know, like there might be some people in Silicon Valley that have their eyes set on like, you know, we'll all just move to another planet, mm. but I'm very much on team earth. <laughs> yeah, very much on team earth. I, I love the idea of going to other planets as we evolve. And at the same time, I don't, I don't think we're really evolving unless we're doing a good job on, on team earth, you know? Yeah. Um, very cool. So let me change it up a little bit because I think there's a lot of learning from spending time in the forest or in this like bathing atmosphere of the forest, as you said. And so I want to kind of extract a bit of that and ha have you share that. How would you say like individuality or uniqueness are, are topics that, that are important in your life? Like the uniqueness that, that makes you and makes your journey. Mm. So what's great about the practice of forest bathing is that there's so much science on the benefits of being in nature. And, you know, there's like this idea of 15 minutes of being in nature will give you an immune boost that lasts up to two weeks. One minute of looking up at a tree will give you a sense of awe. Um, trees emit these essential oils uh, known as phytoncides that boost our natural killer cell activity, which is like preventive, preventive against cancer. Um, you know, there's negative ions of, of water and, and the, you know, the antidepressants of soil. So there's so much science which for me is really important for our minds. Okay, so this gives us like our minds enough fodder to like chew on and be like, okay, this is going to be good for me. That then we can step into the forest and embrace some of the more um, spiritual magic um, that nature inevitably brings. And I really believe that every time we go into nature and we connect intentionally there's some message for us and there's some healing that we get. There's something that leads us on our own personal journey. And that, you know, I've led hundreds of people into the forest and every time someone, you know, they get, each person gets something unique to them, but there's this universality of it that everyone gets something. So it's like both the individuality and the universality. That's very curious. So you've, you're, you're saying that kind of happened at, at the same time or within the same context? Yeah, you know, like um, one of the practices I lead is to have people talk to a tree. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I believe that 
when there's questions in my life that I'm like, you know, relationships or jobs or things I can't figure out. And with my mind, I'll ask a tree. And I have a way of doing this where I approach the tree and ask if I can connect to it. I give it some offerings. And then I just ask a question and spend some time and see if I get anything. Um, usually, most often I do, and most often it's pretty quick. And so when I first give this invitation to people, they're like, really? But then they go and do it, and it's amazing the things that people come back with. And it's like these stories, like, I, like you can't create these stories. You can't make them up. Totally. They're, they're also highly subjective, right? I feel like anything that kind of bridges from, as you said, like it's amazing to have scientific um, knowledge and data that kind of put our minds at ease. But once you bridge into the more individual space, like since it's the individual space and it's about my uniqueness or your uniqueness, it kind of starts being a very subjective experience. And therefore it, it doesn't even necessarily need to be described in words. I love spending time with trees myself and I definitely hug trees and talk to trees, but it's not really the first thing I would tell another person, <laughs> right? It's more like a very private uh, kind of, not call it religious, but a private s spiritual experience. Like it, it's a yeah. substitute to going to church, which I, I rarely do. Um, it's like going into the forest as you could describe as like my own church in that sense too. Yeah. Really cool. So do you think the forest kind of empowers and encourages our uniqueness? Yeah, I mean, I think it it's both. Like, I think it encourages, it's like, sometimes it makes us feel really small, you know? And it's like, it gives us whatever medicine we need at the moment. So if we need to feel unique, then that will feel that, you know? But um, sometimes there's a lot of freedom in feeling small and feeling humble and feeling like, oh, I'm just this tiny little ant in this universe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's, it's that juxtaposition of both being unique and important and just being like, you know, made of the same matter that trees are made of. And like, <laughs> totally. Julia, let me ask you, like, what is required for you to experience trust? Hmm. That's a really deep question. Yeah, and something that, especially when you're living your life, you know, like the way that I'm living my life now, which is not a conventional way, um, that I'm constantly going to the trees and asking them and, and, um, you know, like, I can't tell you how many times on this journey of launching the Forest Bathing Club and all this work, like, I've asked the tree, like, what, like, is this crazy? Like, am, you know, what am I doing? And I usually get back something like, you know, just stay close to the forest and everything will be okay. Hmm. Like, don't forget about the trees. Wow. Yeah. So is that a form a form of trust is is like it it comes in that like unseen realm you know in that communication place where would, would you say that relates to trust for you or yeah i would say that for sure it's a practice trust is a practice and um you know it's it grows over time um so the more 
I've seen, you know, I've witnessed things happen by staying on this path, the more I'm able to trust in it. You know, and it's, and I think there's like this, there's the synchronicities and there's the messages and there's things like that, that help, um, help you feel more trust. Like, but also I try not, I'm at the point in my journey where I'm like, I'm not trying to live my life according to synchronicities, but when they happen, it's like, oh, cool. It's like a kind of confirmation. I get that. I, I find this super curious because trust seems to be one of those big topics in our society that, well, for one, it seems to be lacking in a lot of places. Trust in ourselves, trust in each other, trust in the systems, trust in the governments, trust in um, organizations and companies. And then at the same time, when uh, often when, when people are confronted with what makes us actually trust, um, it, it's something not everybody thinks about. So I love hearing what, what you share in, in the sense that trust you know, you don't need to necessarily look for it, but when something like a synchronicity appears, you can realize, oh, wow, okay, I'm, I'm actually just arriving in the deeper and deeper layers of my own journey. Mm -hmm. And so where would you, where, where would you say, um, where does that kind of trust make it easier? Because, because you were saying you, you just started to commit more and more to that journey as the forest is telling you. Mm -hmm stay close to the trees like mm -hmm. where does say that again where does well wh wh how does it make it easier when when you get those messages is it is it on a logical place of mind is it more like a true like soul experience just want to go a little deeper there yeah well so honestly i find that the more the more i trust the like more i'm asked to trust the higher the stakes and the, you know, like the crazier it looks from the outside of like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. And I think this is, this is why I'm asking it to you specifically today in this interview, uh, when we're talking about the forest, as we know, we're going through like uh, a period in, in, in humanity's uh, history right now where we're basically deforesting as, as much as never before across the planet, especially in the Amazon. And so often it's like, what can we even trust in this, in this journey? Oh, so without really getting into the topic, like it's going to be harder and harder to go beyond the logical mind and say, well, it looks pretty dark out there, but somehow, somehow um, we, we can come back to a trust and action from this trust. Yeah. It's funny. I have, um, so we were talking a little bit earlier that I moved from San Francisco to Portland and now I'm leaving Portland and I'm taking off on this road trip, which is really like all about trust. So like where, you know, trusting that where I'm meant to be, my partner and I like will be shown to us. And, um, you know, I was talking to a friend who she's like, I'm worried about you. Like, are you okay? You know, you just like, it seems like you're just going off the deep end over here, you know? And like, you have agency, you can choose to live your life another way. And I'm like, hmm. yeah, but it's like almost once you've seen how dire the situation is and really grasp it and really see what we're dealing with, like with capitalism, you know, like there's no way I could just like, yeah, sure. I could get a design job and, you know, have a, but like, I just feel called at this moment to do something more. I'm, 
just starting a new project called How to Live on a Dying Planet. Because I think that's ultimately the question that we're all grappling with on some level. It's like, how do we live our lives at this moment on this planet? Like, we're alive, we're here, but there's a lot happening on the planet. And like, people are either doing, you know, they're moving to the country or they're being nomadic or they're stopping using plastic or they're not having children. Like, we're all kind of making these, some like, we're, we're somehow trying to figure out how are we supposed to live right now? Yeah, I, I very much agree. I think there is a, an old model of, of how to live that's, that's being um, shared for, for a few decades now, maybe even a century, coming out of Industrial Revolution after, after the Second World War, largely spread across the entire world. I mean, we've globalized, right? We've, we've created safety and security systems. And when we're really honest and reflecting, they, they don't work to create a planet worth living on for every human being. Mm -hmm. And, and that being said for the planet itself. And so therefore, just pretty neutrally put, I think it's, it's just still time to continue to evolve what we're doing on this planet. And, and as you said, like, as it looks right now, like how do we even do this on a dying planet? Because if we were to keep doing what we're doing, it, it is uh, like quite the hostile environment we've created for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing that we, um don't always think about is you know like what you said it doesn't it's not working for all of all of humanity and but it's like one step further if it's not working for all of humanity it's actually not working for anyone because we are so interconnected and just um you know like the issues will just manifest in different ways you know like health issues or emotional issues but really you know there's um like I've been in the wellness movement and I really feel like, well, you know, if wellness, wellness for some isn't, you know, doesn't work. It's like wellness for everyone. Otherwise it's not true wellness. Yeah. It's very powerful that, that, that you go there. I think it, it very much leaves a lot of people, a lot of people I've interviewed, a lot of my clients I work with and, and myself at times too, with a big question mark over our heads. So what does it actually mean? Right where are we actually going? And, and so this is one of the reasons actually I started this journey of this podcast and want to understand, do we even have a direction as a shared humanity? Like we have, you know, we have individual agendas, we have agendas as companies, we have a bias as a country, we have political agendas, but what is our true direction mm. as the species humanity on the planet earth? So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pass it back to you. Like, if you were to cast like a 200 year vision or like a holistic vision for planet earth, what would your, your input be on that topic? Yeah. Um, you know, it's holding a lot right now. Cause we're also like with all of this stuff around impending climate change and um, you know, you see these, these like climate, you know, you see these, it's not, I don't know how natural disasters, they're just natural occurrences that become human disasters. But, um, you know, all of this, there's like, we're all going to be on some level forced to adapt the way we live. And I really feel that the ones who will suffer the least are the ones who are um, okay being adaptive. Okay, I have to leave my home. I have to, you know, learn how to survive in another way. 
And, um, you know, it's like, there's a dark element to that, but, but it's still, you have to hold the hope and you have to have that vision for the hope. Um, Joanna Macy, who's a, an elder, deep ecologist, uh, Buddhist scholar, talks about the knife's edge of uncertainty and how if you say, if you're like, we're doomed, it's all over, that doesn't, that there's no room for creativity there. And if you say, it's all going to be okay, someone else will figure it out, I can just sit back, you're not going to do anything. So it's riding that knife's edge of uncertainty that is what keeps us going. Powerful. So, so what do you see when you ride that knife's edge? What do you see becomes possible? It's mm, a great question. Um, for me, I'm feeling really called to, to get even closer to the earth. You know, um, forest bathing is a practice of going to nature as a way to heal. And there's this, you know, two hours of, or 15 minutes of being in nature will give you a immune juice for two weeks. But I found for myself, I need more time in nature. Um, and now it's a point where it's like, I desire my life to be integrated into nature, like growing food and permaculture and having community that's in nature. So I'm, I really see the closer we can get to the earth, the, the better for everyone. And, you know, we're also at a point in community where over half the world's population lives in urban areas. So there's going to be, you know, the more that we can bring nature into urban areas too. Yeah. I like that as, as, as a vision as well, like bringing the organic focus of our life, right? Because we are like, as, as we are in these bodies right here, we're, we're organic matter. So bringing that into our cities, bringing that into our daily life. Mm -hmm. Really cool. Let me ask you some rapid fire questions just to change it up a little bit. Cool. Um, just yes, no, uh, both or, or not at all. Okay. I'll, um, I'll get started with ocean or lake water. What do you prefer? Ocean for surfing. Water or kombucha? <laughs> I love kombucha, but water is life. Jungle or the desert? Ooh. Um, jungle. Nice. Cabin or tent? Mm. Oh, it depends if it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Cannabis <laughs> or alcohol? Cannabis. Julia, let me ask you, what is happiness to you? Ooh. To me, happiness is, is contentment. It's not like an outward thing. It's not searching for something. It's just being totally content with exactly where you are, where I am, um, how I am, who I'm with at any, at any moment. Beautiful. I resonate with that a lot. Happiness is nothing that we can really like look for, search for, try to achieve or buy, right? It's totally. It's being at peace with what is. Yeah, yeah. very sweetly put. Yeah. What about purpose? Like, if you were to give purpose your own definition, how how would you how would you phrase it? Yeah. So for me, purpose is something that comes from the earth, and um, I really believe that we are like. We are born, especially at this moment, and we're here for some reason. And I believe that we're each here to be part of the healing of something in some way. And 
um, sometimes I'll say like, if you're not part of the healing, like, what do you think you're doing here? <laughs> you know, like, um, but I really believe that it comes from the earth. It comes up through our bodies and that our head is the last thing to, to know. And so oftentimes we talk purpose. It's like people think it's something to figure out or to, to like with your mind, but really it's like a surrendering. It's and um, and like a, I, my image of it is like a fern unfurling. Like you unfurl as you like, it's, an, it's a, a non-effort to come into your purpose. And it's the closer you are to the earth, like literally having your feet in the earth, the more um, clear your purpose will, will become. I like the image of the, the fern unfurling. <laughs> Very nice. So purpose coming from the earth how how can one picture that like if someone let, let's say someone like totally doesn't doesn't see or hear how, how you're experiencing that like how does someone who lives in as you said before you lived in new york who lives in new york city maybe in manhattan maybe in a skyscraper who goes to to work in another skyscraper how does someone connect to that form of purpose you know yeah um i mean i would say they need to get out of um the skyscrapers and come down come down to the come down to earth level for whether that's like a walk in central park or um a vacation upstate new york you know just anywhere where you actually get to to slow down um i think it starts with a major slowing down there's um i'm really interested right now in attention restoration therapy which is basically like like we're so strung out with how many especially all of these tech devices all these things were notifications on like so many different apps that um there's a lot of therapy and just watching nature and like just watching a stream go by and watching leaves in the wind you know and just letting your mind unwind in that way um because you're not going to find your purpose when you're in that fight or flight mode You know, how many stories have you heard of someone who was like, I quit my job, I was, I went to Australia, I was sitting on the beach, and I had this big aha. <laughs> Substitute Australia with any country that works for you. It, like, literally, that, that happened for me up here in Canada. Like, mm -hmm. literally, exactly that, that happened. I quit a job I had, this is like seven, eight years ago, mm -hmm. and I literally just looked into a stream watching the salmon migrate, which for me, you know, was something I've never seen before. And mm. I did that for multiple days, actually like a, a few weeks at a time, because I had the time back then um, and the savings to feel secure for a while, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I allowed myself that, that privilege and it, it changed my life, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. But you see, I'm, I'm just curious. I, I love what you're sharing and you and I are definitely people that, you know, have made that a priority in their own life and are sharing that with other people um, wherever we go. Um, and that's also kind of the community in which, which we met, right? We met in Costa Rica a couple months months ago um, for the first time. And so how do you see that on a global scale, though? Because you did say there is um, a large quantity of people who are moving to cities and there's nothing wrong with cities. I mean, cities, cities are great in, in, in their potential, right? In their potential of bringing people together. Um, do you see that it's like a natural evolution for us to learn back from earth or do you see that this 
this duality of um, a highly technologically advanced uh, existence can maybe be there at the same time or do they come together or like how can one picture that because i feel like this leaves a lot of people clueless at times and, and quite confused you know yeah um yeah so you know first of all it doesn't take much like like i lead a these four fast they're two hours and people will completely change their lives after you know you can do a forest bath in the middle of a city i often lead them in san francisco um so it doesn't take a lot to kind of whoa you know it's amazing that you had time to like watch salmon on a river for weeks that sounds but even if you don't you can still have that moment of you know it's a feeling of something bigger than yourself a feeling of and i think that's what that purpose does come from is like something bigger um and as far as technology goes, I really believe that technology, um, you know, it can be a tool and it, when used responsibly and used in ways to, um, but I think, you know, this is, I feel like coming from Silicon Valley, I'm like, uh, renegade now, but I'm like, I, I think there's just been so much ways in how it's gone, how it's gone wrong that we could all do some ourselves a favor and like chill out for a couple weeks, a year, you know, <laughs> whatever it takes on technology, on innovation and just be for some time and then come back at it like with more heart, with more, um, you know, a lot of it's like this mental um, like game, but it's about when we connect to our hearts, which we do through connection to nature and then create from that place, I think it could look totally different. I love it. I definitely, I definitely see that as well as, as one of the, the pathways forward is for more technology creators, for more um, very linear creators out there to spend extended times in their heart and in, in, in nature to simply gain an additional perspective that might enrich their creations yeah very much committed to that that path as well i mean it's it's we have to see what's going to happen next i think um there's a lot of people on this planet uh, that that are starting to realize okay we are in responsibility to what we've created so far and despite the adversity and despite all the the, the contrast that's still going on there's a lot of hope um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of hope for our species to actually yeah, find find a connection, right, with nature, with ourselves, and with each other. Yeah, yeah. There's um, Paul Hawkins talks about this movement, right, which is like beyond any one leader, beyond any one organization. This movement of you know of saving the earth that stems from Silicon Valley to you know India to all over the world. It's like this largest movement of hum of humankind, and it's it literally feels like it's arising from the earth, right? And there's different pockets and there's different expressions based on how, who you are and where you are and how you are. But it's all ultimately about, you know, um, healing the planet. Really cool. Thanks for going a little deeper and like diving into the more thought-provoking topics. I, I'd love to ask you like, what's next for you? How can people find you? Uh, what, what are you planning right now? What are you creating? Yeah. Well, first I want to say thank you for going there too for these deep questions. I can't tell you like, you know, I have this, like, that's what I love about this topic too, is it can go so deep. And so that was really fun. Um, so for me, 
I am really excited because I just launched the first Forest Bathing Club uh, training program. Um, I've been leading Forest Baths and have this club that people have signed up for all over the country and all over the world and they're looking for forest baths in India and New Zealand and um, Chicago and you know and so now people can start their own branch of the club um, and so that's exciting really cool. yeah and uh, and I mentioned that I'm starting a road trip and we'll be doing pop-up forest baths all over the west coast of the U.S. so um, I'm excited for that part too. So where can people find you? Yeah, you can follow Forest Bathing Club on Instagram at Forest Bathing Club or go to forestbathing.club. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll link all that as well for sure. And um, your book is being published right now. So you're also on a book tour. Is that, is that right? Yeah, book came out in March. Um, been on a book tour this year a bit. And um, part of this road trip is also like, pop-up book tour nice very cool yeah. thank you julia for just sharing a bit of the substance of what forest bathing feels like looks like and and why why it is so important it's a super fascinating topic and everybody listening to this i just like make make sure you get you get to marvel i think what did you say one minute of staring at a tree yeah. creates the sensation of all yeah yeah very nice thank you so much thank you and that's that, another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I truly hope you had a good time listening to this interview and gain some form of new perspective, insight, or knowledge that serves you, that enriches your life. And if that's the case, make sure to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, follow the social media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and simply be part of the conversation, one step at a time, wherever you are, have yourself a stellar day.